0: You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market.
1: Welcome to 7MA Deal Talk. This is Leroy Davis, and I'm here with Yevgen Sisyev, who's a managing director and one of the founders at A Ventures Capital based in Kiev, Ukraine. And today's topic is the current status of the technology and venture capital environment in Ukraine, as, and we'll also touch on a little bit of the history because I think it's fascinating. And uh, Yevgen, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much for, for joining
2: your all pleasure is mine and I'm honored to be invited and bring attention to Ukraine tech community and I really appreciate you, you know, developing this podcast that cover not only what's co- happens in Silicon Valley but places distant from there, like like in Latin America. I really enjoyed your previous podcast with Glaban and today I will be glad to speak about Ukraine, what's happening here in the tech scene.
1: excellent. Excellent. Well, again, yeah, maybe we can start tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got Involved in the uh, in the venture capital business in, in, in Ukraine.
2: Sure. I'm Ukrainian, and it's probably been three steps in my career. Just as a young person, I was left in math and software, uh, and I really started programming during high school times, even before I had connection to the internet. And when I was graduating from university in 2003, at that time I had no clue about the business of finance. There are only two things I, I was really well, real well at is math and programming. But at that time I returned back to Ukraine. Software engineers were not paid well in Ukraine at that time. So I went to banking and private equity and for six years I had a successful career there. I had a few promotion, one double promotion, but I still felt that I'm not really enjoying it. And my, my, my most of activities were in the traditional sector, like the factory, retail, telecom, banking. So I quit and 2011, 12 really spent, uh, so I was doing my MBA at Intel Business School in Singapore, but also experimented with my, uh, professional life. So, you know, I started a couple of interests, like, you know, few didn't, didn't succeed. Then, you know, spend time in Silicon Valley, uh, a few months, then a few other parts of the world and, and we. When I was back to Ukraine, I quickly realized that there is market opportunity there. So they were all, you know, developed, developed technology scene and many companies and, you know, and many new startups being launched. But there was not a single venture fund, uh, who were actually taking advantage of what's happening and help not helping those startups. So I thought that I should co-found the venture capital fund and I really should raise my own funds because I couldn't join any. Uh, there were some investment funds, but they were, they were, not just tech funds, but also investing in traditional industries, so I had to figure out and uh, raise the fund myself and learn the job of being venture capitalist along, along the way.
1: Right, right. So you mentioned that when you were younger, you were exceptional at math and programming, and I, I think you're not alone in Ukraine in that. I think there's you know much of what is driving the technology ecosystem. is just the, the plethora of data scientists and People that are adept at software engineering and the like. What what do you attribute that to? I mean, what what is it about the DNA of Ukraine and that it, it tends to produce very talented people with those skill sets?
2: Correct. Yes, yeah. essentially that's what we have here is a legacy of Soviet Union system that was in, which um, and few things are very important. So um, there, you know. Hundreds of good universities that were built across large uh, cities here in Ukraine, and they were train a lot of people uh, in, in actual, not just mathematics, but in general technical degrees. And that at that time, in, in uh, at that time during Soviet Union, that was cool profession. So many people and many young people were inspired to become engineer or learn math or physics or some um, pursue PhD program in, uh, in degrees. So. The New York continue to throw out of good engineers world class, but they were mismatched. So local economy collapsed and essentially engineers were not in the demand, but then there was a second part happening in other parts of the world. So, you know, developed markets were going through digital transformation. So eventually offshoring model become acceptable for many uh, big corporations. And essentially that helped great engineers not not to do something else, but actually be retrained to become a software engineer. So even many, many great software entrepreneurs initially studied math, physics, or some other engineering degree, but then early 2000s or 90s they were trained to to become software engineers or turn into entrepreneurs. So that's legacy of Soviet Union we have to send, but also. What was happening in, in, in the global context is very important for Ukraine to take that opportunity.
1: Right, right. Okay, and, and now you're at A Ventures Capital. Tell tell us about A Ventures Capital.
2: Well, Sure. It's actually, we are not a pure play investment fund. Uh, we're actually a hybrid. Uh, it's probably a hybrid because uh, it's that ecosystem of difference. So we have to uh, think, operate, and, and, and develop our business model a bit differently. So we have two main business lines from is venture capital fund that mostly are uh, doing investments at the early stage. So from C to Series A, sometimes co invest at B, but mostly uh, pre-Series A fund. And also we have an advisory arm when essential, we advise the companies at the later stage. Uh, they might also co invest as a fund but that's additional service line we provide to companies at the late stage so that's what we do what's important also when it's about Ukrainian tech companies like none of our ukrainian companies per se have, have any meaningful revenue in ukraine so all of our business ones so are being founded actually you know they all operate globally day one so our typical portfolio company would have from 60 to 100% revenue in the United States. Sometimes it's majority in European Union, but typically in the United States, which is, you know, single largest market in the world anyway, in, in many verticals. But those, our portfolio companies tend to have R&D part of operations, part of sales marketing in Ukraine, and then would have a HQ or second office in the United States or somewhere in
1: Europe. Right. Okay. So the VC industry is somewhat new in Ukraine, how would you characterize its evolution since, say, 91, which is when the Soviet Union collapsed and, and Ukraine is, has taken on um, its independence? I mean, how, how would you characterize venture capital before then and, and, and after then and up to where it is now?
2: Sure, I probably can speak about evolution of investment indices during six, last six years when we, we were active as a firm. So, I, and again, as I mentioned, six years ago, there was the first fund ever to be launched in Ukraine that was a particular focus on software technology industry. There were some high equity funds and some other venture funds that, you know, invest across industries, but not with a focus on software technology. Look, you know, six years ago, These are the first fund. Now we have a dozen of funds uh, that we're mostly doing from C to Series A. Uh, There are two large funds that actually focus on Series B. Uh, There are still missing parts, Series A funding gap, which actually typically been served by international, mostly funds from United States or European Union who actually invest a lot here in Ukraine. And I'll give you just few numbers. So last six years, last six years we had. First major wave of startups happening here in Ukraine. Uh, we had 950 million, almost a billion in investment last six years. And trend is upward last year, it was more than 300 million US invested in, uh, in uh, technology space in Ukrainian startups last year. We have two first unicorns that actually emerged this year that were founded in Ukraine or co founded in Ukraine and has, still have part of R&D here in Ukraine. One was Grammarly, another one is uh, GitLab actually interesting because there are no C D C investors here. So obviously, you know, the last round of uh, your for grammarly led by General Catalyst for GitLab, Goldman Sachs, who invested. But those are the examples of, of companies that, you know, being founded here in Ukraine, first technology really built here, but eventually become global businesses. And we have more potential to be unicorns and hopefully in our portfolio as well. I also invested in one company called People AI that's actually founded by Ukrainian just three and a half years ago. So last last round was led by Iconic, Silicon Valley firm, valuing the company almost a like half a billion. Four years ago company didn't exist. Mm. And again, first entrepreneurship first wave of entrepreneurs really started in line five to say yeah. So imagine if if so, so many things happened in the industry and which didn't exist at the time. I can only look for the future and, and, and actually foresee that only a dozen of unicorns next year for five years emerging in Ukraine. And just hundreds, not necessarily unicorns because look, ecosystem is different. So many entrepreneurs and engineers do not think in a typical Silicon Valley say, Hey, let's develop something really C it is A, you know, hire management, and sell business or IPO in five years. When you're really focused on building a product and services, actually making the company profitable. So if plan A of any entrepreneur in Silicon Valley is build something and, and actually raise money here, it's actually stop the is actually you, you build for something then you make it profitable, then you grow from cash flow and then it it's venture capital just an option to accelerate, but it's not plan A. Grammarly before they raise C D S B, they actually the, the highly profitable and they'll probably generate tens of millions of revenue before they raise and their bootstrap. So founders bootstrap company from seed, from founding through to B, And and so many other companies and sometimes raise capital and because they have world class R and D cost effective operations in Ukraine can scale to five, ten million revenue, essential from initial seed money which might be like half a million or maybe a million or two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I noticed I I think Grammarly just recently raised what 90 million from I think it was General Catalyst. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's the uh, Yeah, that that's an impressive business. I know that that's their uh, their Grammarly's constantly reminding me of how bad a speller I am in my uh when I'm sending emails, so it's a very, very effective utility. I, I did not know until recently that they were based out of uh, Ukraine. So that that's um, that is a unicorn.
2: Yeah, and there is a a kind of hilarious story behind that. So World Best. English, English language. so checking algorithms we were invented by Ukrainian engineers and built by Ukrainian engineers who are not native English speakers. So, it's just machine learning. So, and and this is where we both fast. This is where we can can compete head to head with best firms out of Silicon Valley.
1: Yeah. Well, there you have it. it. It does seem like it things bode well for Ukraine as a region from an IT perspective because you know the whole topic of machine learning and AI and things of that nature seem to play well into in, into with, with things that Ukraine is, is excellent at. This is a this is a good example. What are, you know, as you're looking as an investor at A Ventures at different themes out there, what what are the what are the types of things that are most interesting to you from an investor perspective?
2: Sure. Well, as an investment, we have very in a few different investment narratives we're really focused on. Uh one is obviously is uh, everything related to deep tech and we do investments in uh, companies that using machine learning algorithm, or computer vision or some other exciting new frontier technology. And that's number one. We're definitely gonna have more of that in our portfolio. And the examples would be companies like People AI that you, using artificial intelligence to extract insights for certain market people. Another one is augmented pixels that using um, computer vision for autonomous driving application. Second investment we actually have is about the service industry. So it's probably the same type of businesses, which is like Globant. So because we have here large engineering workforce and their digital transformation, Taking place in the world, we do invest in uh, outsourcing the service sector as well. And some, you know, some venture capital might say, "No, it's not scalable business." No, Global Protron, it it's scalable business. EPM Software from Belarus proved it, proved it as well. It's a ten billion dollar company. And there are a few companies in Ukraine that might have multi billion dollar exits. Companies like Software or Tecom that you know service industry, but can also be, be hyperscale ventures. So we investors in those type of businesses. We also do you know, a lot of investments in, in uh, software as a service related businesses, cloud, you know, which is probably kind of expected. And uh, the, the last one is second. Is really focused on is e-commerce or online commerce uh, retail. Essentially, where offline going to online. It, it might be more like incremental innovation, change of channel, but there are still a lot of missions within consumer internet. You know, we have a company called Bookinet, which is I'm really excited about. So essentially what they're doing, they bring in experience of booking healthcare services like booking.com did for hotels. And actually, you know, Met now, uh, the, the largest company in the world in its niche and it started a Granger Ukraine just three, four years ago. So machine learning enabled services in this is SaaS cloud application and online commerce. So this is, this is what most of our portfolio comprises out of Okay.
1: All right. And. When you think about Ukraine relative to other, I'll, I'll use the phrase outsourcing locations, other countries in Eastern Europe or Latin America or India or China, how, how do you sort of self-assess Ukraine's capabilities relative, relative to those other geographies?
2: Well, I would not think uh, about Ukraine just outsourcing destination anymore. It's actually, it's now, it used to be 10 years. It's now, it's actually, look at Kiev, Ukraine. This is the 50-50. So, then, in some other cities in Ukraine, there is outsourced industry more dominant, but not Kiev. And actually, probably I think few years ago, first time we had more product companies and more revenue being generated by product and startups than by servicing companies. So they change a lot. Well, I think that Kiev is by far most important city now in Ukraine and, and overall is in Europe in terms of innovations. And, you know, we already talked about the of companies that maybe born here, but are very globally. So when they come, you can, can compare, I think that Ukraine and Eastern Europe as a whole, so I would actually put Ukraine in the same basket as other countries in Eastern Europe, like Belarus, Romania, that have small local market, so, but a disproportionately high percentage of population with engineering degree. Most of them retrain to be software engineers. So essentially, we have to think about global market. So, you know, companies, Belarus, Romania, Ukraine, and places like Estonia, Israel, when being started, they being established day one, this idea going global. So in that sense think we are more similar to, you know, smaller countries, you know, so I would go less comparison with India and China, which actually have very large local markets. So there is actually more opportunities locally, and and many Chinese and Indian companies, actual or entrepreneurs, really think about local market, especially these days. So, but Ukraine is more following example of Israel, which never actually at some point had a small service industry, but now it's mostly about deep tech, and I think for Ukraine that's going to be more role model. But also, I think Ukraine and Eastern Europe as a whole region could be compared to, you know, Latin America, where I think, you know, in global co-founder talked about as well, that we the, the, the stand very high in terms of engineering education, science, math. So Ukraine can compare world class, most complex software systems. And, you know, you know, during Soviet Union times, Ukraine was the country where different parts of spaceship programs were developed. So there is, you know, engineering culture here for almost a century now. Uh, Ukrainians, most of the young people speak English fluency. The so mentality gap is between Ukrainians and Americans and so Europeans is less so than between Americans, Europeans, and other parts of the world. So the so Ukrainian engineering workforce become kind of natural extension of global, global workforce.
1: Right, right. It is kind of nice that U- Ukraine has emerged in this way, particularly recently, because it is such a talented group of people. I've been there personally. I've met you there, and, and it is impressive. I mean, you, you go, you visit companies there, and it th- there's just a very an incredibly vibrant, animated atmosphere with a lot of energy. And you consider that with some of the dynamic things that are going on in the political environment, and it's just very, very, very nice to see that those that the that the entrepreneurial culture and innovation just kind of survives and and and, and thrives. And so it's it's very easy to 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 root for Ukraine, really, and 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 cheer for the, the success of a lot of the companies that have, that have um, that have emerged. And you've mentioned uh, some of the recent unicorns, and I I, I don't doubt that though there will be more. So it does seem that there's an there needs to be a culture of entrepreneurial entrepreneurship. And how would you characterize that in terms of? what are, are are there are there particular initiatives that 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 are going on right now to help foster these types of things it certainly seems like a ventures is is in a position to to help that help this i mean how is a technology community how is the entrepreneurial climate fostered in ukraine
2: it probably goes back in early 90s when you know soviet union collapsed and essentially market economy was introduced so And especially, so, so first wave entrepreneurs, I killed them, but essentially it was. Kind of a function that many people were forced to become entrepreneurs and figure out how to <laughs> to live uh, professionally in such new environment. But then there's been integration, so I think that the collapse of systems and integration of Ukraine to global economy helped a lot. And actually, it's not it might not be obvious, but what happens in local economy doesn't really have uh, much influence uh, on on, uh, on our portfolio or. It's actually more important what happened globally so what what article did before so because there was digital transformation taking place globally so Ukraine took really part of that and many look many social engineers before many many of those actually started the companies before they realized oh now they we are actual entrepreneurs we are not social engineers we have businesses so so it, it become kind of natural way and I think that was kind of in unconscious It's not it was not one initiative it's just some you know market forces, some claims that led to that wave to emerge, and especially in, because many people had really good education, so uh, they were competitive on the global uh, on global uh, scene. So that happened. I think that what what I also when I refer to ten uh, years and been a penetrate in the fund, especially, you know many see the role models and, and and success cases, so that helps a lot. So when, when somebody in town becomes, you know, a billionaire or <laughs> a unicorn emerged that actually helps inspire many people. So, so service companies actually were, you know, writing stuff in Ukraine. Then, then many learn you know, how to do software, and then also how to do self marketing. So then we had the second wave. I think a few, so few hundred of startups that happened last, you know, probably 10 years ago. And some of them become really big winners like Grammarly. And now what I've seen last five years actually in a bigger wave. So wave creates another wave and role models creates new role models. Listen, if you look at population, so percentage of entrepreneurs still really small compared to other places in within software tech industry. And, but I think, you know, because everybody sees that it could be done. And, and of course, yeah, it starts always have the risk. Maybe you will not. So from the first attempt, at the second, the third, but you can, there's a head chance, you can build your own business, and here, no role model will be an entrepreneur becomes having like positive context, which was not the case, as I mentioned, during the 18th times. That helps to inspire new young people. And again, because most of, when, most of the industry is still uh, comprised like, by young people, but probably average age in the industry, which has 200,000 people, less than 30 years old, imagine that. So I think there'll be more and more ventures. So I, I'm kind of talking about huge success that we had last five years, but also kind of complaining that entrepreneurship, a role model and the percentage of entrepreneurs has been really small. But if you look at fast forward, you actually can realize that, that kind of the percentage of entrepreneurs will double, triple, those, you know, who have had first successes become much more successful. So it, it, it's very easy to predict that, you know, industry going to quadruple within the next three, five years. And it just, you know, it just happened naturally. And it just, again, it just grows. You, know, you can feel when you inside here, it's like you're in China, you see that industrial revolution taking place. So it's, you're, it's easy to assume that more cities going to build and more people, you know, more people going to move from village to the city. It's even in in Ukraine. When you see that, much many software companies being found that you know that now those teams are much more experienced and actually global market is more accessible and then there is more and more capital here more more and you know business people here and social market can emerge so you know it's easy to predict the industry gonna grow in faster during the next five years.
1: I bet you're right, Yevgen, and and the, I you know I I consider you a a pioneer. In all of this, in terms of just driving technology innovation and entrepreneurship in a region with that's very rich with capabilities, and I think capabilities that line up exceptionally well with market demands. I mean, I you know it's hard to name of it. It's hard to name another region with more of a concentration of software engineers and very talented data scientists than Ukraine. And I think there's already some pretty mature companies that you mentioned, EPAM. And others that employ a lot of people at scale in Ukraine to deliver those types of solutions. So it, it really is a pleasure to speak with you because I do, I do think what you're doing there is, is significant. And, um, you know, I'm hopeful that there's some way we can continue to work together on different projects. We, you know, Seven Mile, um, with some frequency, are, are involved in projects in, in that region of the world. So I look forward to uh, to finding New ways to work with you, Yevgen. Yeah, so, so so, thank you very much for joining, and I appreciate very much your time.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me and um, bringing attention to Ukraine. And any listeners of this podcast, so if you can find my contacts in the web, if anybody who would be interested to hear more on Ukraine, I will be glad to answer your questions, and feel free to reach me in the future if you have any particular interest in Ukraine and texting happening here.
1: Yeah, and we'll put links to Yevgen's uh, website and so forth and the information on the podcast.
0: So thank you very much, Yevgen. Thank you, Leroy. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number seven, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S dot com. 7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business.